2: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective.
1: Connecting changes everything. at and It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road. Ronananian.
0: If you're planning to keep your car and you know your car needs maintenance, please do yourself a favor and think about doing it early rather than late.
1: It can buy me a boat. It can buy me a truck to pull it. The Car
0: Doctor. What if you take the O2 sensors out and take it for a ride? Well, I guess because you could do that. Why not? This is a carbureted vehicle, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's not that critical. They were kind of, they were kind of young and dumb. They would run without O2 sensors all day long. They just wouldn't run great, but it would go over 50 miles an hour.
1: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take
0: your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Did you ever wonder what it was like, oh gosh, what was it? Maybe it's 120 years ago now? Or maybe maybe 110 when they said, okay, no more horses. We're going to start to make the shift towards cars. And I know I've talked to you about this. From time to time, listen. You know what is this radio show? This is your radio show. I've said that for the past twenty-eight years, but it's just me talking about what happens in the shop on a weekly basis. You know, every time somebody says to me, "When are you going to retire?" I say, "I can't. I really, you know, I love what I do, and I don't feel like I'm ready to retire. And I, I definitely need to do the shop in order to do the radio show because I think that's what makes this show unique. There are other automotive talk shows out there, but I think this is one of the few that. You know what? I am live. I am here with you know flying solo by the seat of my pants every Saturday from two to four p.m. live Eastern Time, and talking about things that happened in the shop. And I think that's part of what makes this unique because I want to be here when that last horse comes out of the stable and we make that switch to electric cars. Because, boy, that's what's coming. You can you can see it every week and. Some of it's sad. There's a there's a bit of melancholy to it. There's a bit of gee, it's over. And I had that experience yesterday. First Friday of the month for about a year and a half now I've I've closed the shop on that first Friday and you know that's my idea of retirement. That's my idea of saying, "Hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take some time and just, you know, recharge the battery no pun intended on first Friday." And yesterday was first Friday and I, I stopped at the shop after the chiropractor put my back back together and, you know, I did a little bit of paperwork. It's just a little bit of solitude. You know, you just, sometimes you want to sit in the shop when it's quiet and the dust isn't stirring around and you can think and do your bills and you get yourself caught up so you hit the hit the bricks on Monday running. And as I was walking out, Jimmy stopped by. I haven't seen Jimmy in a while. He drives this older Jeep Cherokee 4 liter. It's got and 20,000 miles on it I think some crazy number and he just Jim just loves this Jeep he's boy you know what he's just simpatico one-on-one with this older Cherokee it's probably around an 88 and 89 something like that and it had a it had a tap in it tick 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 and you know he wanted my opinion he wanted to leave it I explained to him why it's what I'm going to explain to you why why I turned this job down It's got 300,000 plus miles. I already told you that. And it it has what I believe to be a valve train noise. Uh, The typical, you know, tickety lifter kind of a sound. And I'd have to take it apart to diagnose it. And it doesn't matter what I come up with. I still got to be able to fix it. And as I said to Jim, I'll tell you, where would I take it? Where, where would I, where would I get individual engine repair done? You know, when I go out and I do seminars and I talk and I do some consulting now and then, and every once in a while somebody will get me up behind the soapbox and I'll talk about shop management or or the world of auto repair. And I always do it from my view. I I can give it to you both ways. I can give it to you from the national view, but I feel very qualified to talk about Waldwick, New Jersey, because that's where I spend most of my time. And as narrow a view as it is, it seems that, it's still broad enough because the, the brush strokes get painted far enough that so many of you react to it. As I said to Jim, Jim, I'll take the valve cover off. I'll diagnose the tick. I'll tell you which cylinder. I'll tell you which lifter, which part of the engine is making that noise. But what good is it? Where am I going to take it? I still gotta, you've still got to be able to fix it. You've still got to take it to a machine shop in order to rebuild it. And here's the problem. There hasn't been a machine shop in North Jersey, And I say that specifically, North Jersey, for the better part of nine years. We don't do flywheel resurfacing anymore. We don't do transmission um, overhauls anymore, manual transmission. All that stuff is gone. You know, there's barely a demand for automatic transmission rebuilds in the field. Most stuff is done as exchange units with the factory or with some national supplier because that seems to be more cost-effective and price-point-friendly. So now you've got to take this Jeep's engine that Jimmy's in love with and take it to a machine shop you have no relationship with, no experience. So the fix becomes you're either going to buy from a national engine builder, a Jasper or something like that, or you're going to go back to Jeep and purchase a Jeep engine. Right from Jeep, if Chrysler still remands an engine for an 88 or 89, you know, what is that? 88, 98, 2008, 2000, it's 32 years old. Is it the last horse coming out of the barn? Have we, have we reached that point? You know, during the Second World War, the Eighth Air Force decided to do daylight bombing. The British did the nighttime bombing. We did the daylight bombing. And Uncle Steve always said we were flying ourselves into oblivion, which is something 8th Air Force always knew because we were prime targets until they figured things out and P-51 showed up and a bunch of other changes happened. But the point is, are we flying ourselves into oblivion? Is this the end? Is this that moment in time where the horse is gone and the car gets replaced by the electric vehicle? And I wonder about that. And I left it with Jimmy. I said, you know, you've got to make a decision. I said, you can take it to somebody to get it diagnosed, but they've got to be able to repair it. And then the problem becomes at 300,000 plus miles, when does the next shoe drop? So do you just look at this as let's go for the overhaul now and get it done while you can still get some semblance of parts, something decent that isn't going to be a problem? And, you know, when you're driving an older vehicle, and this is a way older vehicle, it's 30 something years old. You know, you get to that stage where how hard do you want to work to find parts and what kind of quality of parts can you find? But it all comes back to my original opening comment, right? Where's the end? Is this that moment? And, yeah, I think it is. I think what we're seeing in the automotive world is history, is is a transition, at least in Waldwick. (laughs) I know we're seeing it in North Jersey, and I suspect you're going to start to see it around the country if you haven't already. You know, when you look at hot rods and, you know, hot rod engines and engine rebuilders, they're still out there. It's very strong down south. It's very strong Southern California. It's it's very strong in other parts of the country. But it seems that in the Northeast, machine shops are a dying breed. There's less and less. And for a time when there used to be a machine shop in every town or every other town, There isn't one within three or four counties that's doing it at such a level that you're comfortable that you can take it to them and say, here, rebuild this because you haven't done enough of them yourself. And that to me is the end of an era. And, you know, from my seat, that's just something I saw this week, and I'm I, I starting to see more and more of it. So get ready. It's Mr. Toad's wild ride. This is The Car Doctor. I am Ron Ananian. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things this hour. Obviously, I'm here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. If you have comments about, hey, you know, the end of the era, can't find an engine rebuilder, the machine shops are, are uh, uh, you know, done and one and done and that kind of thing. You know what? Drop me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Give me a call, 855-560-9900. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We might even uh, try to put you on the spot and get you up on air because you know, I think this is a hot-button topic that we've got to address. Is this that transitional period? Out of Detroit this week, to uh, show you where it's going, about 150 General Motors dealers, it's reported, have accepted buyouts and will stop selling Cadillacs as the Detroit automaker pivots the luxury brand to lead its all-electric vehicle sales effort. Um, this this a story we found online at CNBC.com. You know, it's, it's happening, right? Going to be no more, well, certain Cadillac dealers will go away. Going to be no more internal combustion engine Cadillacs by 2030. Everything will be all electric. GM is on the rampage. Elon Musk had some comments this week. I've got a bunch of things to talk about this hour, but right now let me pull over and take a pause. When I come back, we're going to kick open the phones. First caller is going to be getting a copy of Dr. Richard McCann's Classic Car Adventures. We're in, a, we're in a holiday spirit. Start giving things away. i got to empty the gift closet by the end of the month. So we're going to kick off right with that. So uh, at 855-560-9900, give us a shout. We'll be back right after this.
1: What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie and the car doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now back to Ron.
0: Hey, let's get on over and talk to Isaac in Minnesota. Isaac, 97 Toyota Camry, what's going on here?
2: Hey Ron. Yeah, so <clears throat> give you a quick synopsis. Maybe these things are related, maybe they're not, but it's um, so yeah 97 Toyota Camry. haven't really had any issues with it. Um, no check engine lights or anything like that. But it sat in the garage for, I don't know, four or five days. Um, and then I went to start it last night. And I had been noticing that, you know, if it sits for a longer time, it will sometimes idle high and then, you know, come up to temp and, and calm back down to about 700 RPM. But this time, went to start it. Everything was fine. It was, you know, coming over. It didn't sound like, you know, bad battery or starter not engaging. But... You know, it was idling even higher, and then if I disengaged the ignition, it would come down real quick, and then it would stall itself out. So in order to keep it going, I had to put my foot on the gas a little bit, and probably for maybe 10 seconds or so, just to get it to the point where it would let itself continue to idle, and it's still rough for maybe Two minutes after that, and after driving it for a while, warming up, it was fine. Got back in the car after running a few errands. Every time I started up, started right back back up, it was fine. And then even yesterday, sat out in the driveway, got up this morning, started at about 30 degrees, started up fine. So there's that. And then I have noticed, um, as it's gotten colder out, when I'm driving it and I hit between 1,500 and 2,000 RPM, there's a rattle. And it's only within that range. Once I get above that range, that rattle seems to dissipate and go away. And the same is true once I'm below that range. So I've had the hood open, trying to figure out whereabouts it's coming from. You know, I even did some live stream data on it yesterday to see what fuel trim looked like. And no codes, no nothing. So I don't know.
0: Where Where is fuel trim, Isaac?
2: So after driving it for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes yesterday, I parked it. And I was looking at fuel trim. Short term was right at about zero, fluctuate between negative one and one, and then long term was staying steady at about three point eight four percent.
0: Okay, so I'm going to say I'm going to say we, we like we like fuel trim, long and short. Sounds right. 4, so, four, yep, yep. four, four cylinder car. Correct. Two-two. So, you know, let's talk about known good or last time serviced. Um, anybody do any cleaning of the throttle body, and when you clean the throttle body. You know, the only way you can really clean those throttle bodies successfully and correctly, in my opinion, is to take them off the intake. All right. And I believe that's held on with Phillips heads because is, are those Phillips are nuts. Those might be nuts. But the piece I want you to take off is the IAC valve, the idle air control valve underneath. Yep. Yep. And and that's got to be absolutely spotless. But what you're describing to me is an older IAC that's getting hung up. Part, that's part of what you're describing to me. When those have variations and fluctuations in idle speed, that was usually the beginning of the end for the IAC valve. It started to get a little bit of carbon. It got the least little bit of grit and contaminant in there, and it was done. I, I've got to say that for all the things I've seen Toyota make over the years, those idle air control valves have the movement and the precision of a Swiss watch. I always akin it to that. You know, you, you look at a new one, you look at an old one and you just kind of gently touch the bypass valve that that's spring loaded and just you know with a, with a small screwdriver just give it a little nudge and just feel the consistency of how that new one moves versus the grittiness of the old one. There's usually quite a difference. That that IAC well, is the number one issue with 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 high idles. Go ahead.
2: It's interesting you say that because actually I, I put a, not a new, but I, I pulled a used a used throttle body out of a 97 because initially this this engine is actually a 2000, 2001 era. And when they put that engine in, they didn't change up the throttle body. Or that, so that throttle body was communicating to a 97 ECU and I was having all sorts of idle issues. So then I, I got a 97. I cleaned it out. However, I wasn't able to get the IAC off because in Toyota's, ultimate wisdom. They're they Phillips screws.
0: And they're, yeah. They, they yeah and then
2: you start stripping them out. And at right. that point, you know, I can't, I don't want to totally, stri- so maybe, yeah. Got to go there. Got gotta, to go those there. Got to
0: see what that looks like on the inside. I know there's not a lot of room. But if you still have the older throttle body, here's what I would do. I would I would get. I do that, have the older one. Yeah. Okay, so I would get that IAC as clean as I could, or or consider replacing it as a starting point. You like the car, you're going to keep it. I know they're expensive. I think they're probably in the 2250 two fifty range, and I would only put one from Toyota on. But yep. you, you know they work the best. Do you have a an exhaust cutoff tool, an exhaust whiz wheel, as we use as we call it?
2: Oh, I don't, but I'm always looking for excuses to get new tools. Okay, so.
0: so here's what you want to buy yourself for the holidays. You want to buy some kind of an exhaust cutoff wheel with the carbide wheel, so that you can cut a notch in the head of those Phillips screws. All right. Okay. And make it a straight blade. Okay. That's All right. Yeah. And you'll just let's just let's just make a screw. All right. Now, I would also get some PB Blaster, soak the back of the threads with some PB, soak the top of the nuts, give it a day or two, let it soak, give it a day or two, let it soak, cut the notch, and you know push down. Make sure you've got that throttle body securely held down. If you have to, wrap a rag around it so you don't um, you know, knurl up or grind up the bottom of the throttle body. If you have to put it in a vise, make sure you support it so that you're not marring the surfaces Okay, and just get it clamped down real good and give it a, make sure you eat your Wheaties the night before, as we used to say. And, you know, you've got to get those screws out, and let's start with cleaning that IAC valve. The other thing I want to leave you with is, because it's older, do we have possible problems with carbon deposits? And do you have to perform a a, a traditional fuel system upper-end cleaning? All right. And that's not a terrible thing to consider either. When it starts up and it chugs and it it runs rough, does it puff out any smoke?
2: Um, When I initially got it, yes, very much so. And then I I ran, I don't know, probably eight cans of Berryman through that thing. And it it did clean up. Right. And I've noticed that, you know... Because I, I I redid spark plugs not all that long ago. I didn't get a, a scope down there, but I just got you know. A little no, light I'm down just there looking for. Kind of... Listen,
0: let's 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 go com. Let's go common sense before we go high tech. I always like to take that route. Uh, you know, these engines have These engines have a habit of also the valve stem seals in the head go bad. They get dry and brittle over time. And you'll find after the vehicle sat for a couple of days, enough oil has dripped down the valve stems and it creates yeah. a rough running engine, especially on something with higher mileage, older, higher mileage. And you'll either start to see smoke or you'll see you'll see rough idle or you'll see a combination of both. And then you've got to really think about, you know, do you want to go back to an O'Reilly Auto Parts, see if they've got a Berryman's fuel system kit where you actually hook up to the rail, clean the clean the injectors. Do a formal cleaning where it blasts the crud off the back of the intake valves and cleans the top of the pistons because carbon deposits become part of this conversation. Isaac, stay on the phone. Let Tom get your information. We've been sending you a copy of Dr. Richard McCann's book, Classic Car Adventures. We think you'll enjoy it. Happy holidays from us here at the Car Doctor. But stay on the line, Tom. Get your info. I'm Ron Aniene in the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. the car doctor here at 855-560-9900 by the way i should welcome aboard knsi amfm up there in st cloud minnesota they're carrying the car doctor up there on sundays uh, at various times and we appreciate you guys doing that we're glad to be part of the st cloud community and uh, welcome aboard. Let's hear from you. 855-560-9900. I should point out, you can call us Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. We're not in your market then. We're in your market on Sunday. But uh, we can get up here on air and talk to you about your car problems and whatever we've got to do to solve them. So, But once again, KNSI, FM and AM, let's uh, say thank you to them for carrying the show. Walter from Maui. How long it has been. Walter, my friend, how are you today?
4: Aloha, Ron. It's good talking to you.
0: Yes, sir. You too. What's going on?
4: I hope you and your family are doing well with the virus.
0: We are. It's, you know, Walt, it's a weird, I don't have to say it. I mean, everybody knows it, right? It's a weird time. We all have these same thoughts and motions on our minds as to the state of the world and what we're all going through. It's things we never thought we'd see before. But, you know, you've got to remain positive and upbeat. It's. It's. I honestly believe by turning off the news, you can survive better. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I, 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 <laughs> absolutely true. You know, there's things I, I, I see and hear things in the news that just make me scratch my head and go, Really? That's what we want to talk about?
1: Yeah. I, you
4: know. Well, you know, we, I'm somewhat isolated, being on an island like this. and I was never in, in a big fan of building a wall, but I think building a wall around the island and keeping all you folks out of here is a good idea. Now you, all of a
0: sudden, you, you know, Walt, you know why I don't think we've ever seen aliens for 100% sure here on Earth? If, if you were out in space and you be? were Intelligent Life and you saw this planet, would you say, I want to go there in the shape they're in right now? I, Hell no. <laughs> you know, it makes it it's makes me wonder. Um, you know, it, it makes me wonder. Either that or they're here and they're running the yeah. place. And uh, either one's a possibility. it
4: can be one of those two things. Yeah. This, this couldn't be the way things are supposed so, to
0: be. Nah, it can't be. I I just, Good you know what, more and more I get into my cars and that's where I really want to be. So how can I help you yeah. today, Walter? What's going on?
4: Well, I'm working on a 2008 Nissan 2.5 a Nissan Altima 2.5 S, right. and it has a lot. When you shut the engine off, there's a large sucking sound. And obviously, the car sucks. It it's similar to sounds like a large vacuum leak, and I can trace it down to in the area of the catalytic converter, but I can't pinpoint exactly where it's coming from. And there's no loose hoses or gaskets. I've looked really close. And the only thing I can think left to do is maybe to smoke it or something, but I'm not sure what that would well, tell me.
0: Well, is it, a, is, it a, is it a suction sound from the exhaust system, or it's a suction sound from under the hood like the engine itself?
4: No, I've, I've narrowed it down to somewhere in the area of the exhaust system, close to the catalytic converter.
0: Okay, is the car, is the car does the check engine light on?
4: No, car, and there's no pending codes. Car either. runs
0: normal? Perfectly. All right. Um, for giggles, I would look at and just see where fuel trim is. Fuel trim is going to tell me if fuel trim is perfect. Then at least I know whatever this is is after the last oxygen sensor in the system, and it, it's it's not necessarily an air leak as we would think of it. All right. Okay. And we can eliminate. I not thought about that. Yeah. You know. Listen. Yeah. My daughter's escape is broken. All right. Her mm-hmm. four, her fourteen escape. It came home in October. For a problem with a bad wheel bearing and a noisy differential and naturally dad has to make it perfect before he hands it back to her and I can see fuel trim long term fuel trim is 16 to 20 percent short term fuel trim is zero plus or minus two three percent but I've got I've got a problem long term fuel trim is way too high and it's only high at idle and i i'm going through i'm going through the steps man i'm feeling the pain it's it's you know i've i uh, thursday night i was there late and I went through, I'm sniffing, using propane to sniff around the exhaust to see if I can get a change on fuel trim for the downstream O2 just to look to see, do I have an exhaust leak that's somehow skewing my fuel trim numbers? Monday, I'm taking the intake manifold off because I'm convinced, because of this whistling noise, this car makes a high-pitched whistle from the front area of the intake, I'm convinced that there is some small form of a vacuum leak there at idle That's creating this whistling sound. I've propane it, but I can't get to all of the manifold. It's an easy manifold to get off. And at 125,000 miles, I want to take a look. I want to see what I see. I also want to take a look at the intake valves. Do I have carbon deposits? Obviously, all these things will will alter fuel trim. My point is I'm looking for what's good as well as what's bad in that sense. So you've got to do the same thing. Look at fuel trim. I know you've got a launch scan tool. All right. Sure. T- take a look at long and short term fuel trim. If fuel trim is at a kilter, and I'm gonna say if long term fuel trim is over eight percent and short term is bouncing around all over the place, uh you have you have a propane setup, Walter? I can't remember.
4: I do. Yeah, yes. let's, I've not had much luck with it to tell you the truth. Why but, not uh, uh well I I maybe it's my ears at my age. I can't r I usually can't tell the difference, uh you know, when, when the, with the Idol, when I put the propane on it. Well, I've ended no, up no, no, having no, 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 no. I no, usually no. end up smoking something.
0: No, Walter. Well, you can smoke this, too. Smoke's not going to hurt it. Put the scan tool on the car. You want to see something really cool? You want it, it gives you a real understanding of what the propane's doing. Hook the scan tool up okay. and only bring up Bring up engine RPM, go into OBD two. Engine RPM, short term fuel trim, long term fuel trim, and you want to bring up the two oxygen sensors or the air fuel and the oxygen sensor, bring up those four or five PIDs. Shoot a okay. little shoot a little propane right down the throat of the engine. Watch what happens. You mean right right through the throttle body? Yeah, right through the throttle body. Watch what happens. Okay. You know, whether okay. now if you've got a mass airflow in the way, all right then do it before the mass airflow. You don't want to create any unnecessary unmetered air leaks. Watch what happens. Listen, a lot of what we go through as technicians and diagnosticians is looking at known good. All right? Look at 100 cars. Look at 100 known goods, because when you get to that one that's like my daughter's escape, you're going to be scratching Mm -hmm. your head, and you're going to really be thinking about it. So look at this Nissan, and this is the worst car to look at right now because it's broken. All right? But, you know, look at fuel trim. See where fuel trim is. If fuel trim is off, I'd fix that first because you might fix this suction noise. If fuel trim is perfect and right where you expect it to be, and you've proven that the engine is running in emissions compliance, I'd smoke the exhaust and see if see if that's okay. where your leak is coming from. Why not? Can't hurt anything.
4: Or pull the manifold. I was thinking of that. Oh, just just what you said a minute ago. I was thinking of that too. Maybe there's a crack in the uh, exhaust manifold that I can't see. Maybe.
0: It's possible, but smoke would show you that. Wouldn't you want to smoke it first before yeah. you took it all apart?
4: Right? Yeah, I, well, I'm going to check the fuel trim first. Like you said, I hadn't even thought about that, and I had not had the scanner all hooked up and everything, but yep. I just was checking to see if there was any current or pending uh, codes.
0: The worst thing in the world is you have to do this stuff alone because people start talking to you. The phone starts ringing. Uh, you know, that's why I stayed late when there was nobody around the shop, and I could just sit and think. And, you know, kind of in the zone. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what you want. You know, think about what you're doing. If you want to get familiar and comfortable with using propane and fuel trim, then, you know, take another car. Hook it up to another known good car. And, you know, shoot some propane down its throat. Watch what it does. Watch the response. Watch how the sensors act up.
4: I will do that uh, I like I said I've had very little luck with finding any leaks or anything with propane I end up uh, using my homemade smoke machine right. which I, I know you don't like homemade smoke machines eh, it but doesn't bother me all
0: that up. much listen I but 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 to, it's been but pretty accurate right well listen whatever works for you but my point is don't don't count on you know just because you're not hearing the idle speed use the scan tool yeah y- you know y- you you're listening for that all right, now you got some homework. I expect to hear from you next week. Okay, Ron. All right. You got to stay healthy. You too, Walter. Take good care. 855-560. Aloha. Yes, sir. Aloha to you. 855 Always good to hear from Walter. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor. Let's get on over and talk to Lee in Vermont. Lee, welcome aboard, sir. How can I help?
5: Oh well, good afternoon. I yes, hope sir. you're doing well.
0: Oh, we're trying. How are you doing up there? You're okay.
5: I'm doing, doing doing as as good as can be for you know an old guy watching it snow up here.
0: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh yeah, it's snowing up in the north up up in uh, the uh, the northeast today up in uh, Maine and uh, Vermont and all that. I understand uh, they're getting a couple inches of snow. So Santa's getting ready to go, baby. So, yeah,
5: I think farther east and kind of farther north, they're going to get a lot more. It looks yep. like most of the storm passed, yep. so that's fine. So, got plenty yep. of time. Yep. Anyway, I I emailed you earlier in the week, and that's obviously why you guys called me back. But you know, I had to truck in for oil change and and tire rotation and balance of the tires. And oh, you're down to three millimeters, and we'll give you an estimate of of for new front brakes. Well, six hundred fifty one dollars and change. And I said I was born at night, but not last night. And you know what's Ford? What's Motocraft using gold specs in their in their in their in their pads? I mean, it just seems to be a little expensive when you look around the the neighborhood and you can find decent rotors and pads. You know, for for well, say three fifty to four hundred dollars and you know an hour and a half's worth of labor putting them in. Uh, so my thought was, what's your recommendation? And what do you see?
0: What are you using this truck for, Lee?
5: Well, most well, when things are good, we're, we last year I towed it over towed a twelve thousand pound trailer for okay. over so right. that's so, that's so, my concern. You know that uh, we if if we go again if things let up, Alaska's in the future. Uh, and somewhere between here in Alaska, and where we go, the Rocky Mountains are there, so right. you know it, it can get some fairly heavy wear
0: so so six hundred and fifty bucks was from who the Ford dealer or a local shop, yeah. or okay from the Ford no, dealer Ford dealer, all right, so you know, I always tell everybody, break the quote down into apples and apples, you know how much of it was labor, how much of it was parts, uh, you know, two hundred dollars in labor, one hundred and fifty dollars in well, labor. Not-
5: yeah, about, about $500 in parts and, and about an hour and a half in labor.
0: Okay. And out of that $500 in parts, that had to be two rotors and a set of pads.
5: That's affirmative.
0: All right. And then is the rotor a liftoff style that it's just a hat mounted onto a wheel bearing?
5: I assume, and I don't know because I don't play around with that anymore, but, you know, it's whatever the standard Ford is and... and
0: well, because they're they're all different, you know, or not that they're all different, but I've learned not to, uh, you know, just assume, all right? It's likely just a hat. The fact that it's only an hour and a half's labor or two hours' labor, whatever the number is, it's likely only a hat. By that, I mean it's a self-contained bearing and a hub, and then you just lift the rotor on and off, and boom, you're done. If it was more, they'd have to be charging you more in labor. So uh, the question becomes, out of the remaining $500, what are the pads? 150 bucks, and the the rotors are $160, bucks dollars
5: apiece? Yeah, they didn't be- break it down for me that way. Yeah. When- uh, and I and I trust the I, I'm at this dealer because of the mechanics there who right. I trust. So,
0: immensely. but you got to ask them. You know, listen. Uh, yeah, you don't mind paying the freight. It's just you want to know why is it so much money. Do this. You want a point of reference? Go out to GoodyearBreaks.com. dot com. You know, we've been working with Goodyear Brakes for a while now. They've got an Uh excellent brake finder. They've got excellent information there. Go to GoodyearBrakes.com. You can look up your make model vehicle, and they'll give you pricing, I believe, right there for a bundle. You know, they'll, they'll actually lump everything together, pads, rotors, or pads, rotors, calipers, however you want to do it. All right?
5: They don't have a rotor for the 250.
0: They don't? You've been there?
5: No, they said they will be within the next several months, but not... Okay. Not right now, but, but what I see in their pricing and their pads and all, they're, I mean, <laughs> they're in the ballpark. I mean, well in the ballpark, and everybody else that I look at, and I'm looking, and I didn't do a hell of a lot of research, and I looked at some, some top brands, you know, I'm looking at anywhere from about 250 to to to. Just under $400 for, for pads and rotors.
0: Yeah, and you, they're probably not wrong. It's an F-250. I'll tell you what, least, stay put. Let me pull over, take a pause, and when we come back, because I understand you've got one more question or comment. We want to talk a little bit about electric cars. It's always a pleasure, sir. Stay put. I'm Ron Annie and The Car Doctor we will return right after this. Welcome back, Ronnie, the car doctor Lee. We've got about two minutes. You're still there, sir? Yeah, I'm still here. Let's let's close the Just break one, conversation. with quick question? With, well, before go ahead, we get into electric, go ahead. Go ahead. Get yeah, you first. Uh,
5: the um, uh, rotors on on the truck, uh, the way that I tow. What's your thoughts on slotted and drilled rotors?
0: Yeah, I don't think you need them. I okay. yeah, slotted and drilled rotors are nice. Don't misunderstand me, but they're not machinable. They're a one-time thing. You really can't cut them. I've never seen or heard stories of people successfully replacing them. And to tell you the truth, I think you're just better off buying a good quality replacement or if you catch it early enough and the the rotors have no other, um, what's the word I'm looking for, have no other, uh, they're not falling apart, there's no salt, no corrosion, no delamination, that's the word. You know, as much as you were not supposed to do it, Perhaps a set of pads and clean and lube the slides and a gentle pad break in just to see the reaction. If you want to try a science project, if you can get those new pads to seat in without replacing rotors, you're okay. We like to replace rotors, but again, it depends on condition of rotor. You've got to leave that up to the attending technician because sometimes all the truck rotors just get to be ridiculous money. I got a minute and 10 seconds. Electric cars, real quick.
5: Electric cars. My thought is one of the things is I can drive, you know, 400 miles to 600 to 500, well, 300 to 400 miles on a tank full of gas. In 15 to 20 minutes, I can reload and I'm going again. Um, That, to me, is a key thing. If I want to drive, you know, a a day's drive to a 600-mile drive, do I have to stop and spend the night every 400 miles? I mean, again, talking about a truck and towing a trailer, gobs and gobs of torque you know, with the electric motors versus the gas engine, but you know, how do I get it recharged? Do you know, I get to the campground? Or are they going to put another pedestal in? We're talking about going to Alaska. There's places and where we're going up there. There's no electricity. What well, the hell do you do? Well, that's,
0: that's right. And the issue will become, do we have the grid and the infrastructure to support this? December the 1st, an article by Brian Preston talks about Elon Musk stating that Tesla, and it starts like this, Tesla chief executive Elon Musk said on Tuesday, this is December 1st this year, that electricity consumption will double. If the world's car fleets are electrified, increasing the need to expand nuclear, solar, geothermal, and wind energy generating sources. Something I've been saying for years, where's all the electricity going to come from? Hey, great, you know what? I want to be 18 years old again and, and start all over. It ain't going to happen, just like electricity's not going to appear out of the sky. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. Thanks, Lee. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor, reminding you, the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.